Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at Cause Pods, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes. Whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who's just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, state, country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guests' favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Doing something a little bit different here on Pause Pod today. Instead of just talking to one podcast host, we are actually talking to the founder, creator, manager, you know, all around, you know, get it done guy at NoCo FM. This is a network of radio and podcast shows that are focusing on giving underrepresented members of the community, particularly minorities, of voice. And they do so at noco.fm. We are chatting with Chris Landfear. Chris, thanks for joining us here on Call Spots today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Chris, how did this all get started? What was the impetus for launching NoCo FM? I had previously worked at a uh, volunteer-run community radio station here in northern Colorado. It had been there for a couple of years. I was the director of digital media there, and we were starting to kind of dip our toes into the podcasting pool. And you know, There was a change of management, and the new management that came in kind of decided they wanted to keep things in a more traditional way, so they kind of nixed the idea of the podcasting network that we were trying to build. So I had a desire to kind of go a little bit higher, aim a little bit higher with, with what I wanted to do. So So uh, myself and my co-founder, Charles Kelly, left that station and formed NoCo FM. Very cool. And so how did you start to get the different shows and hosts and, you know, encourage them to come and join your network versus continuing to maybe do this on their own? All of our shows are homegrown. We actually started with one show, which is The Spark with Stephanie James, and that was a show that I co-created while I was at the community radio station, and we brought that show with us. Starting with that show, we started to kind of develop ideas for more shows, and that's what led us to create Corbin versus the World and No Co-Gadio and Don't Forget the Lube and Talk and Roll. So we've just kind of started from there, but all of our shows are homegrown and produced here in our studios in Fort Collins. You know, if there was a overarching mission statement for NOCO because you do have a variety of different shows. You know, you have ones on parenting, you have a few on uh, LGBTQ issues, uh, you have one on causes and nonprofits specifically that I want to get into. But, you know, what would you say is the overarching mission statement for NOCO? To put it succinctly, I think our mission is to give a voice to people who traditionally don't have one. In traditional media, radio, television, movies, what have you, the majority of what you're seeing and hearing is a Caucasian American male ethnocentric kind of voice and uh, even in podcasting you know the the vast majority of podcasts that are out there are hosted by people who look and sound like you and me those are two two white males by the way talking (laughs) exactly exactly and i really wanted our station to embody the idea of letting everyone have an equal voice in particular the lgbtqia plus community because even in the world of podcasting that community has uh has been traditionally kind of marginalized 
marginalized. And so I really wanted to structure our network around telling stories that were different from my own. I, I have to admit a little bit of ignorance here as I say this. I'm a, a supporter of the LGBTQ community. I don't know if I know what the IA is in that uh, last acronym that you threw out there at me. Oh, God. You know what? <laughs> this early in the morning, I'm not sure that I remember it either. I just know that that's the one that covers the full gamut. Intersex and asexual or allied. Yeah, so. there we go. A, the, the allied one is uh, really kind of what we're about. Several members of our uh, production team and hosts are LGBTQIA. In fact, I think uh, over half of our hosts are, which I think we're the only station or network that can really say that. So that's pretty cool. And, and I, you know, love having a, not, not only a safe space, but a space where people feel empowered to be able to tell those stories, uh, obviously free from any sort of judgment or harassment and really making things a little bit more equitable. And the nice thing about doing a, a podcasting network is, you know, we can do exactly that. Right. You have a lot of freedom to tell the stories you want to tell, talk to the people you want to talk to, reach the audience that you want to reach to. And I mean, usually when I have folks here on Cause Pods, one of my questions is always, why did you choose podcasting over so many other forms of medium? But, you know, obviously coming from the radio world, coming from the audio production world, this was just a natural fit for you. But do you think that there is something in particular? Do you think there's a, a strength to audio that is why, you know, all these shows are able to get their word out or get their stories out? Or do you think audio lends itself to these themes in a certain way that maybe other forms of digital and traditional media can't? I think it does. I think audio, it's an incredibly democratic medium. I mean, you know as well as I do that all you need is a, a, a microphone and an idea, and then boom, you have a show. There are not really any barriers to creating the and, and telling the sorts of stories that you want without having you know, a budget or a gatekeeper to worry about um, or, you know, sponsors that you have to uh, appease. It's a very democratic medium um, and it's a very inexpensive medium, which just uh, spreads out the the ability for more people to do it, which I think is what's really appealing. And also there's a there's an intimacy in audio and in particularly in podcasting because it's a direct connection with the audience that your audience, you know, to some degree, if you're telling your story well, they believe that you're talking directly to them. And there's a lot of power in storytelling that is that direct. And it, it seems like you are really giving a lot of power to your hosts. I mean, what have you found has been the result of all these shows launching? You know, what has it done for the hosts themselves, for the community that they reach? Any, you know, real good stories of inspiration having this content available? I, I think the biggest thing is our, our goal is to be able to sustain enough revenue that we are paying our hosts a living wage. And granted, we're a far way off from that at this point. You know, everybody that works for the station, including myself, is working, you know, a, a second job, a third job, in addition to what we're doing here at NOCO and using that to kind of fund our endeavors. But I, I do eventually want to get to the point where we're we're paying everyone to produce what we're producing and therefore creating jobs, creating a little bit more autonomy, giving people the ability to do what they want to do 
and get paid for it is, is kind of our goal. But like I said, we're a little bit far away from that uh, right now. In, in terms of inspiration, I think the, the show that we started with, uh, The Spark with Stephanie James, which is uh, hosted by a psychotherapist that uh, deals with uh, mental health and inspirational stories and things of that nature. That show, uh, we've gotten emails from people who have said, you know, this helped me get through a difficult time or, you know, I was wondering about this topic, but really didn't know who to ask. Honestly, as a storyteller, as a producer, I really want to make people feel like they're not alone in the world. And if we can tell stories that connect with people in that way and that that help them, you know, to to live their lives in a better way and, and maybe kind of know that there's other people out there who are like them, then I think it's worthwhile. And, and uh, that's really what what fuels me to do this. Speaking of other people like you, it's interesting. Again, this is the first time I've spoken to anybody on this show who has a network that isn't just one show spreading, you know, one message. You are collecting a lot of different voices, a lot of different messages and putting it onto one single platform. And I think in this space of cause podcasting of, you know, nonprofit radio, so to speak, there's going to be local chapters of various nonprofits that are putting together content. But then I think there should be an impetus on the parent company to sort of pull all those shows and to, you know, make it available so that if, say, the, you know, Red Cross of Kentucky is doing something different and unique, well, people who support the Red Cross in California or Colorado may be interested. So what can you tell us about launching a network that you have learned in doing this? What are some of the, you know, things that you didn't know that you had to learn pretty quickly and maybe some of the, the hidden obstacles that you've, you've had to overcome that you thought were interesting? One of the biggest obstacles that we've had is just kind of in defining who we are and what we do in a way that that uh, is easily understandable to people. And what I mean by that is that we, we kind of consider ourselves a radio station first and a podcast network sec- second, i.e. all of our shows premiere on the live stream and then are released as a podcast the next day. And that tends to kind of confound people when we say, hey, we're a radio station and they say, oh, well, can I, you know, what's what's your frequency, you know? What do I tune into on my radio? And we tell people, no, we're streaming only. And, you know, there's not a lot of people out there who are doing that, which is one, I think it makes us unique. But two, it presents a challenge when we're talking about what we're doing and making it easy for people to understand. The big thing that I learned, actually, uh, we we attended PodCon in Seattle last month. And, you know, it was kind of our first big public event that we've attended. And the the biggest thing I learned about that in terms of takeaways is that all of our shows are going to have a fairly unique audience. And there's not necessarily as much overlap as I thought there might be. So for example, PodCon, if you've been to that convention before, is very youth focused. It's very fiction focused in terms of like, you know, role playing podcasts and and that sort of thing. And so those people were very excited about talk and roll and, you know, Corbin versus the world and some of the more fun shows that we were doing. But for Connecting a Better World, which is our show about nonprofits and causes specifically, it wasn't as a exciting to those to that particular audience and that was the first time i realized that hey each of our shows in addition to serving the kind of overall voice and message of what we're doing is also going to have its its own voice with its own audience and its own sort of people that it connects with and there may not necessarily be a lot of overlap there um so that was a a real eye-opening experience for me 
because I, you know, I thought, well, let's let's make sure that everybody has everything. And that's, of course, not going to be the case. And that's also one of the wonderful things about podcasting is there are so many audiences and so many niche podcasts out there for tiny things that like I don't understand, but that connect with, you know, a group of people. Um, and that's really what it's about. It's about connecting with people. So. I'm not sure if that entirely answered your question, but really I'm just um, learning kind of by the seat of my pants and that, uh, you know, it, there, uh, there are some challenges in terms of having a voice for the network and for the station, but also fostering the individual communities for, for the shows that we have. Yeah, no, no, I think that all makes a lot of sense. And I, I mean, I, it probably gets to one of my more technical questions about network operations that I think probably poses a very unique challenge to you because you were talking about so many different voices. But, you know, one of the strengths of a network is being able to use the power of one audience to promote another show, to, you know, get people to realize, hey, you know, we're really glad that you're listening to The Spark, but, you know, maybe you would like No Co-Gadio or maybe you'd like Connecting a Better World. So, you know, how do you think about cross-promotion on the network? And even when it comes to maybe... Uh, ads for other shows within each other shows do you have to do you draw very solid lines i mean some of your shows are explicit while others are not so does you know does that come up in the way you you think about that it does. Uh, we try to we try to match the things that seem to make sense. So, for example, if you're listening to the Spark, when uh, that goes to a break, you may hear an ad for Connecting a Better World. You may hear an ad for Don't Forget the Lube. But th that but again, that that show is that show has explicit content. So we try to be mindful of that. For example, our our newest show, Boys Built Better, is a show about parenting young boys, hosted by a mother of three boys that lives here in Fort Collins. It's a fun show. But when we were talking about marketing and bringing the show onto the network, she was like, well, you know, I don't necessarily want to promote Don't Forget the Lube on my show, which makes sense. It's an entirely different audience. Um, and we're mindful of that. So we're not going to air an ad for that show on Boys Built Better. But we may air an ad for Talk and Roll because that's a gaming show. It's a younger audience. It makes sense. So we're just trying to connect the, the shows to each other that makes sense. And we do, we do choose to promote for every show that you listen to, whether it's live or on demand, when you are hearing an ad for another show, it's something that was specifically kind of chosen to pair with what you're listening to. So I do want to expand people's bounds of, of what they would consider listening to, but I'm also mindful of the, the audience and the, the challenges that are there with having a, a lot of different shows. So now NOCO stands for obviously Northern Colorado. Is that are all of your shows geocentric or is that just how, you know, this came about because of where you came from and, and, you know, where you're based. It came about because of where we are. Our shows are not central to Colorado by any means whatsoever. They're kind of general purpose. They're shows for everyone. On Connecting a Better World, because of where we're located, the people that we interview often are uh, from you know Colorado-based nonprofits. So that's uh, geocentric in a way. But everything that we do is, is meant for the public at large. So I want to talk a little bit more specifically about Connecting a Better World, obviously the show about causes and nonprofits, which Cause Pods tends to focus on and on a lot of what we do. So tell me a little bit more about that show and you know what they do and, and what they're hoping to accomplish. 
So Connecting a Better World is hosted by Dr. Natalie Phillips. Uh, she's an audiologist here in Fort Collins, and she is you know, well-connected within the Northern Colorado community, and we have such a, a plethora of nonprofits in this area. I don't know if the, the statistic is still true, but at one point, Larimer County, which is where we're at, had more nonprofits per capita than any other county in the country. I don't know if that's still true, but there's a lot of people here who are doing uh, so social good and and who are using nonprofits to build up the community. And we really wanted to bring some sort of spotlight to that. This was an idea that we had when we started the network, but we didn't really we weren't able to really put all the pieces together until Natalie came along and really had a had a vision for kind of how the show would be structured. So we started from there. So uh, every week, Mondays at seven, she is interviewing someone who operates a nonprofit in the area, though we do plan to to eventually branch out to um, nonprofits that are not located here and really just spotlight the work that these people are doing. Because having worked for a lot of nonprofits myself, there's a lot of important work that's being done that is kind of overlooked by traditional media. You you hear about nonprofits when they have fundraisers and community events like that. But a lot of the work that, that gets done is not really given any sort of attention. And if, if you've ever done work for a nonprofit, it, there's a lot of work involved. It's hard. It's long hours. It's little to no pay, often none at all. And these people are sacrificing incredible amounts of time and, and effort for what they believe in. And we believe that that needs to be recognized. So that's really the the, the point of, of connecting a better world. That sounds awesome. And and truth be told, I definitely want to connect with her and see if we can't get her on calls pods at a later date to talk about that show specifically. I'm sure so, she'd love to. So great. So the other thing I'd want to ask you about is because you are looking to talk to give voices to the uh, underrepresented members of the community, and in particular, you list women, people of color and the LGBTQIA community as part of that. Have you found that your listenership is more diverse than what we have been seeing in podcasting? I mean, I know the national numbers suggest that diversity is increasing, but I'd be curious to know if you have a sense of whether your audience is even more diverse than, you know, traditional podcast audience. Our demographic tends to skew younger and tends to skew uh, more toward women, which is great. And I don't know how that compares with the national numbers, but I think that's just in response to the to the type of shows that we're doing. It's hard to know how we're reaching the LGBTQ uh contingent of people because there's not <laughs> there, there's not a demographic uh, choice for that you know but based on some of the feedback that we get from people on on instagram and, and facebook and that sort of thing that tells me that we're we're on the right track so especially with our music shows which you know there are not that many music podcasts out there because of the legalities involved in, in doing music, that's another area where where I think we're excelling and getting to reach people. So I, I think that we're on the right track. Some of those numbers are really hard to to dial in on, but you know, we've been getting a lot of good feedback so far and and you know that's that's kind of what you can go on when the when there aren't hard numbers to go from. Cool. All right. So now this question I usually ask everybody is, you know, you're a little bit more seasoned at doing this, a little bit more experienced. A lot of cause potters are not. They've they've taught this art themselves or you know, they figured it out on their own. But so as somebody who's been doing radio production and now has launched not only has not launched just a couple of shows, but a whole network of shows. 
what is some advice that you would give to that startup, to that cause-based podcaster who probably doesn't have a huge budget, probably doesn't know a ton about this, but, you know, wants to make an impact with their message, even if they can't afford, you know, big buck production and big bucks, you know, marketing? Probably the first thing I would say, and, and this goes back to my, my days in working in film, just just do it. Whatever you have, do it. If you don't have the best microphone, if you don't have the best setup, who cares? What's important is that you tell your story or you tell the story that you want to tell and everything else comes later. I, I firmly believe that, you know, storytelling is kind of the fundamental part of what makes us human. It allows us to pass information that connects with people to a wider audience. And that's important. So I, I don't care if you're using a $10 microphone that you got at Walmart, or if you're using $400 high-end microphone, or if you're doing it in your closet, what's important is that you get the story out there. I, I've always been the sort of person that learns by doing. So, you know, rather than being plagued by, oh, I need to make sure I have the best podcast art, or I have to make sure I choose the right podcast host, or I have to, you know, make sure I have to do all these other things, just start, just start. Everything else is malleable. You can you can go from there and you can build from what you have. I mean, we started and we built this studio from an almost non-existent budget. It's almost embarrassing. But, you know, we re we needed a place to record. We needed a place for people to come and edit and, and record their shows. And so it serves that purpose. Like, <laughs> it's hard to tell from, from this shot, but like, this is my garage. We, we converted half of it into, into the studio that we have. And uh, it works for exactly what we need it for. Didn't cost a lot of money took a lot of time, but it didn't cost a lot of money. And really all that matters is that you just start and you go from there and you build from something, but you, you can't, you can't get caught up in the idea of wanting to have everything perfect at first, because one, it's never going to be perfect. And two, if you have that, if you have that belief, you're never going to start. So just start and go. That's fantastic advice. And yeah, I mean, people listening can tell, I mean, the quality is just excellent. So you guys have really put together something really special. Thank you. There. Thank you. So here on Cause Pods, the other thing we like to do is we, you know, because we are focused on causes and charities, we like to raise awareness and raise some donations for a cause that is important to our host. You have chosen the Alliance for Suicide Prevention of Laramie County. I imagine given that you know, a considerable number of your shows are targeting the LGBTQIA community, that that was a part of it. I mean, uh, we know that there is a higher rate of suicide amongst those who identify as LGBTQ. Sadly, it, it shouldn't be that way. But, you know, because of the way the world is there, they, they face mounting pressures and, you know, mounting folks who will not accept them for who they are. And so I imagine that that is a part of why you're doing it. But you know, in your own words, tell us why you are, you know, supporting this particular group. Particularly in Larimer County, uh, we have a very high suicide rate when compared with not only the rest of Colorado, but the rest of the country. We've all lost people to suicide um, or, or dealt with suicide attempts and things like that. And it's, you know, it's, it's an incredibly sad way of, of uh, dealing with your issues. And we want to support organizations that are 
trying to do something about that in a meaningful way, getting the word out about resources, uh, talking to people, you know, having the funding and the staff to be able to have, uh, you know, hotlines and things like that where where people can turn to when they're going through really difficult challenges. This is an organization that I've partnered with before, and I, I love their mission, and I want everyone to be able to feel respected and honored and valued as members of our community. And that can only happen and we can only strengthen that community if those people are alive. So that that's really why, really why we wanted to support uh, the Alliance for Suicide Prevention. Well, I think it's a fantastic cause that you have identified with. I think it's a fantastic mission that you have there in, in choosing to partner with them and to raise some awareness for them. And truthfully, I think it's a fantastic organization that you have developed here at NOCO FM. Folks who are listening to this who want to check out some of these incredible shows, you know, there's probably something for everybody who listens to Cause Pods. You're going to want to go to noco.fm, N-O-C-O. Dot FM. If you check out the show notes to this episode of Cause Pods, we'll obviously have a link to the network. We'll have a link to a donation page for the Alliance for Suicide Prevention of Laramie County, and we'll have some links so you can connect with NOCO FM on social media. Chris Lamphere, thank you so much for joining us here on Cause Pods today. Thanks, Sarah, much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guests, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, if you have a cause pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the CausePod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on CausePods. Pods.